Ooh, hello everybody, welcome. This is a pre-recording of a pre-recording. This is the episode, this is me doing a little ad read. We have our first sponsor of the uh, podcast. Um, you guys remember when Joel did fake sponsors? This is a real sponsor. We have a Western Razor Company. Western Razor Company is great. They sent me some. Uh, I have it right here. I'm holding it. It's solid. It uh, looks like a traditional old school uh, razor. It's really nice. Feels good in my hand. Uh, it's metal. It looks like something that cowboys shaved with. So uh, it's bad as hell uh, in a good way. Bad means good. Welcome to the future. No plastic, no subscription, no nonsense. Uh, solid razor. I definitely recommend it. I'm not just saying that. Um, go to uh, westernrazorco.com. Uh, use the promo code holdmybread. Um, it will help me. It will help the podcast. It will help you get a sweet razor. Um, check them out. WesternRazorCo.com. Thank you for sponsoring this episode. Uh, I appreciate you. Right, three, two, one. Hello. What's up, everybody? Hello. Welcome to another episode of Hold My Bread. As always, I'm your host, Matt Backus. And as we discussed last week, Joel got an internship. He's busy. He's stepping away from the podcast for a little bit. But I'm here uh, to lead the way. And I have a guest today. He's back on the podcast um very happy to have him very funny very talented a good dad noah savage yeah. welcome to the show noah what's up man thanks for How having you doing? me um i'm good i you know i'm i'm a you know six weeks into having a baby and you know my brain is like like working on like 10 percent. like i i sent a, a work email for my day job and i spelled like the name of my position wrong and i got an email that was like yo your uh signature like you're dumb basically like you're a dumbass like people are just straight up saying to me, like, yo, you're an idiot. But I've stayed abreast of the market, got a lot of money in there. I made major moves lately. Beautiful. Do you think that having a kid has changed the way you look at things? Um no, I don't know. No, I just don't have any time. <laughs> so you don't have as much time to like do research and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't have any time to well, I, I don't know if this is like a neurosis, but I look at like I look at all my money like every day. Uh-huh. Like I look at my checking account and I look at my savings, which is cash. And then I look at my, like most of my stock trades are placed at like 1, 1 a.m. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very reasonable. Because <laughs> I, I go on, I'm like, ah, it's like, it's like 90% FOMO the way I trade. I'm like, uh -huh. God, I, I'm missing out on, I'm missing out on NVIDIA. I'm missing out on fucking AMD. I'm missing out. Now I'm missing out on, like, I only bought Amazon like, like a fucking week ago. And what it's like, the isn't Amazon, what, is, what, that's crazy high. Yeah, it's like 3,200 a share, but it's like, I didn't buy it at 800. You who pays 800 for, for stock. And I, but, but, but what I've tried to do is step back and go, what are the macro themes as me as a, you, you know, we're, we're different people here. You didn't go to college, right? I did not. I went to Princeton and all my fucking, sorry, I'm swearing and my baby's crying because he's never heard this uh, level of intensity. <laughs> All my friends, not all my friends, half my friends are like finance bros. Yeah. And they're trading stocks and they don't, they won't like share anything with you. You know, it's like, it's like they're, this is what they do as a job. And I'm like, so what do you like Amazon? They're like, it's much more complicated than that. I'm like, fuck you, dude. Like, you can't tell me anything. You know what I'm saying? So I try to be the everyday Main Street investor, Matt. You know that. Probably. Right. So what does that mean? So I can't go in this room. It's not going to work. I got to, I got to stay in this room. <laughs> Otherwise I don't get in. I'm back. You froze up, dude. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You froze up too. I can hear you though. You sound great. So what I'm trying to say is I look at what did we miss 10 years ago, Matt, that we look back on and we go, wow, we're stupid for missing that. Right. Right. 10 years ago, we knew people were buying shit on Amazon. Right. We were, they just want to shop online, get it shipped to their house. Right. It's not going to go away. So you look at the percentage of what retail is done online, it's still only like 10% or something. It's something crazy low, even though Amazon's amazing. You, you search a thing, you click on it, and not only do you click on it, you get advertised, you know, targeted just because you thought of shoes, you're going to get shoes thrown at you for fucking, you know, now when I search something, I go incognito mode. Oh, that's a good idea. I want, does that actually work though? Sometimes I feel like incognito mode doesn't do anything. It may, it's peace of mind, but it doesn't really do anything. <laughs> well, although I, I don't want any, nobody uses my computer but me, but like I got to protect my porn searches anyway. Oh, but, of uh, course. <laughs> but, 
but then you can lose them. You got to bookmark them, you know, otherwise that's you're gonna... true that, you know, you got it's like uh, the Pentagon. You got to keep yeah. there's layers to this security. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so, but you're right. Cause Amazon is a, you. So Amazon is the thing you think you missed out on. Netflix is definitely something that I feel like I missed. I mean, a lot of people messed up, you know? Well, like I watch, I watch Jim Cramer. Cause I think he's like, to me, it's Guy Fieri, Jim Cramer and Charles Barkley are the best on air talents. Like Jim Cramer's funny as hell. So I started watching him like five years ago and he's like yelling, fang, buy it, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, yeah. Google. Throwing and pies I'm, everywhere. Yeah, he, he's literally like fang, fang. And I'm trying to pay back my student loans. So I'm taking all my cash and I'm just like paying back the loans. I'm like being like the good, like responsible guy. Right. But if I had just taken that 20 or 30,000 over four years and just blindly bought fang, I'd have what 120, 140,000. I could take the 40,000 out and pay back the loans. Like that's right. what, that's what I think you're doing with your meme trades. Right. Right. Hope. I hope. What are you doing? Well, I mean, I don't have, I got no bills, man. I got no debt. I, I don't have college loans. I don't have, I have a credit card. Uh, I mean, I, everything I make, I, I keep cause I don't really have any bills. So um, I'm, well, I did get my, I just looked at my tax return thing today though. And I was prepared to pay and I'm actually going to get money back, but it's funny. Cause I think I'm getting money back this year, but I think, and I, I think I'm just gonna have to hold on to it because I think next year is when my because my GameStop stuff was all in January. So I think next year's taxes are when I'm gonna get destroyed. So I need to start preparing this year for the bill coming next year. <laughs> yeah, we got uh, I got crushed my first year at ESPN because it was like, you know, all of a sudden it was like, oh, broadcasting money, and I thought I was taking out enough, and it's so brutal. But uh, what did you what did you take off of the table with your wins with these meme stocks? Because I want to make sure you're not going to lose it all, like my friend who went on a hundred and twenty thousand dollar ride and left with zero. Uh, well, so I uh, I have um, so back in January I dumped like everything I had. I sold a bunch of stuff. I sold. I had Tesla very early. I got Tesla when it was like pre-split. I got Tesla. I think my wow. I had I had about twenty shares at about one hundred and fourteen a share. Wow. Um, yeah. So I sold that. I sold everything. I dumped it into GameStop. I had, I can't remember off the top of my head now. It's been so long, but I want to say I had close to 40, 50 shares of GameStop. And I think I sold it for a profit of about 20, 21 K. Okay. And where's that money now? That's now, in my savings. Account. Lines. Okay. So I took it all out. I, I put it in my savings account. I watched it fall. And then I put a thousand dollars back in when it was at 45, uh, and then I put some more in when it was like at 150. Uh, so I have about 25 shares of it right now, uh, with an average price of like, I don't even know what it is. I could look at it, but it's, it's like a hundred and like 115 or something. And you're on, you're on the Reddit boards. What, yeah. what are we saying right now? Like, what are they? Well, it's all confirmation bias. You know, a lot of it right now is like, it's, it, it can't fail. And this is how the hedge funds are trying to compete with us and how they're trying to screw us. And, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's all beyond me, like as far as the numbers, but it's like, I've tried to understand them as best I can. And I've tried to read the boards and it's like, the numbers seem like everything is on our side. And if you look at the fact that GameStop has increased, it went from 180 to what was it like 338 a couple days ago it did that in 10 days 10 days yeah, that increase is crazy yeah and amc had a giant jump in the last 10 days yeah the, the you know the original trade right was the stock is short there, there's more short positions than than exist shares of the stock right because right. you can borrow shares to short them or something right right so not only that there was some guy going around borrowing like 10 billion from five different banks Right. Basically shorting the shit out of like everything. And they didn't know because of the way he ran his office. Well, maybe it was a family office. They didn't know that they were all in this trade with him. Right. You it's like I mean? lend lenders were lending things they bring lent. Like it's like lended multiple times, right? Yeah, exactly. So so the theory that could be that even though the cat's out of the bag, there could be these monster monster guys that are just still short the stock. So, so they're going to stay in. So now it's just a game of chicken, right? It's like the institution, even though it's not really like, like, a, you know, Morgan Stanley, it's like some dude who's doing the same shit you're doing, only he has more money. So he's wearing a polo shirt and not a, not a black shirt. Right. But he's basically, you know, it, it's, it started with a little bit more fundamental analysis. Like this company sucks. I'm going to short it. But now it's just a game of chicken guys like you versus guys in white polo shirts. Yep. 
Who's going to give? And I don't buy that these guys like are like, all right, well, now I'm out of my position, so this is over. I think that there, there's so much more position out there. A hundred percent. And again, it's confirmation bias, but I for sure believe, but this is the part that I don't understand because it's like, I keep reading things on Reddit that are like the, the, it has been shorted and it's been naked shorted. And there's, people are saying that there's potential when this stuff gets bought back, that the share price could be astronomical, you know, like a million dollars a share. Um, And it's like, I don't, I don't know if that's even possible. Like, I don't know. Um, but so like, the numbers and the things people are saying are people are like, it could really hit, th- there's an infinite, the, the price share could increase to infinity. But if then all who do you sell it concerned. to? What's that? But then who do you sell it to? Well, but th- that's what, isn't that what shorting the stock is? Cause I had this conversation with somebody at a party and the whole thing is like being margin called. And when you're, when you're called, it's like, they have to buy it. Cause it's like, no one will, no one, you can only sell a stock if someone is willing to buy it. But right. if they're forced to buy, they have to buy at whatever price it is. Yeah. So it's like, that's the thing where it's like, I don't, that's the kind of thing where it's like, I don't feel like I could lose if I just wait, if we just wait long enough, it's like, we can't lose at this because they're not going to close out their shorts. The stock is going to keep the way it is because people aren't selling. Right, right. So, and I think also oh. it's like, it's going to happen. It happened in January when I had it, like I had it early and I'm getting texted like when the price is at like 300 of people being like, should I buy in? Should I buy in? And it's like, bro, it's like it broke mainstream news. I think once this happens again and breaks mainstream news, you're going to get more retail investors buying it more. So it's just going to pump it even higher because you're going to have all the people that are holding now. And then you're going to have, you know, Joe, whatever, the regular people just buying it just because they don't want to FOMO. Right, right. So it's and- like that's the kind of stuff where I'm like, oh, this could really happen. And I'm sure you've broken this down before, but so I'm over, I'm over like four on options. I suck at them. But so if I buy an option, right, I'm going to say, I'm going to buy a hundred dollar option for GameStop uh-huh. and you, whoever are going to sell that to me. So I'm going to pay you whatever, $3 a share, but it's times a hundred with options, right? So I paid you $300 for the right to buy GameStop at a hundred Right. Before the option expires, which could be a year, two years, a month, a week. Right. So that's who's going to buy it. Because when I go, when I click the button and go, yo, Bacchus, I want to buy my, my GameStop at a hundred. You don't own that stock yet. So if the, if the stock goes to a million, I go, yo, bro, you owe me my hundred shares. You have to go out and buy that a hundred shares. Right. So this is how like the financial crisis happened where it was like, yo, um, all these securities are like, I don't know if this is too boring. No, like, no, this is, I mean, this is exactly what we, this is great. It's like all these securities that are mortgage backed, that are a bundle of <laughs> securities have now failed because who didn't, who doesn't pay their mortgage? Well, when the fucking world ends and the economy is so, so terrible that people are actually just defaulting on their mortgage, which is the safest form of debt that in history was the mortgage. Right. Then, then all the bets come in and all the people are calling in their, their options, right? That's the call. And then there's no money to pay it back. And that's when like AIG is like, we can't exist anymore. And like, you know what I mean? Like Lehman Brothers is like, we're out of business because they were so over levered. Right. So already you have these guys and I'm friends with some of these guys. They're like, man, you can't do shit anymore. Blah, blah, blah. Because of regulation. And I'm like, what? Do you not remember what it was like in 2009? <laughs> like what's wrong with you? You know, it's like, it's like you go to Vegas for a weekend with, with 10 G's. You lose it in two hours. And then the next time you go to Vegas, your girlfriend's like, yo, you can only bring two G's, not 10. And you're like, this sucks. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah let, let me be myself. What are you putting? Right? Yeah, yeah. They're like, come on. Well, do you have friends? So do you have, cause I honestly, I feel like I have uh, my, my roommate is uh, we talk about the GameStop stuff here and there. I don't really, I, th- I think he just thinks it's crazy. I don't know if we, I don't really know his opinion too hard on it, but since you have people that have like, like you said, that are deep into it, that won't talk to you about Amazon. Do you think, are you getting a vibe for people that think about like, how do they feel about the GameStop stuff? Are they concerned? Do they think it's annoying? Well, one guy who is really good friends with me, he goes, he's like, people, people's careers are getting ruined because like, there is a guy who at the end of the day manages a book who was short this stock, who just lost $5 billion or whatever. Yeah, that rules. So I, like, yeah. So, so my attitude is like, so what a dumb bet by him. He's, he's in the game, lost the game. Right. But he's kind of like more empathetic. Like that's a guy he really knows with like a family having, you know, my perspective is if you work in, in finance, and you don't save a little dough on the side and you're not like just straight for life, you're an asshole. Like, 
put away a million dollars. Like I don't have no sympathy for you. Right. Right. Yeah. And, and, and what's so interesting to me is this is all, you know, it's the anger of 2009 coming back. It's the anger of 2010. It's like, you know, do whatever you want as a banker, as a trader, but then when, when you lose, you really don't lose because the government will bail you out. But if you're a normal person and you screw up, you do lose. So that's why people are excited about this. And it's like, even me who knows people on both sides, I'm like, don't like, like, like don't be so effing greedy. You right. know what I mean? You got, why yeah. leave the, you got to short it more than it exists. Like it's crazy. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's, that is a sentiment I keep seeing online is people are like, you know, people are upset about how this is going to ruin the economy and it's going to do all this stuff. And it's, but the response I keep seeing people say is like, remember 2008, like my dad lost, like lost this, he, you know, lost this house and all this stuff happened to us in 2008 and these hedge funds got bailed out and no one cares about that. And now they're upset because they're losing at the game that they helped cheat at for so long. And it's like, I think it's great. You know, it's like the, the people are talking about these shutting down of hedge funds and all this stuff. And it's like, I don't feel bad for them at all. Like, I don't, you know, like you said, no. it's like, you want to play the game, you lost. Yeah. And I mean, I have people, I have people incredibly close to me who are like in the hedge fund game and like, I don't want them to be hurt. I don't want them to like, not, you know, make a lot of money, but when, when it's, it couldn't be a, a, a more stark example of there's different rules for me and you yeah. than there is for the hedge fund. That's the problem. When, when there's two different sets of rules, people get pissed off and this, this Reddit thing. Okay. Now the normal guy is winning. And it feels good. Now, yeah. now I don't know what your plan is to just continue. You're guessing like to me at this point, because now it's out, you're guessing red or black. You're putting your money in, you're guessing up or down. Right. There's because we know that this is now its own, you know, AMC GameStop. That's its own currency. That's what it is now. Now it's become Bitcoin. It's just like a. I was just about to say that. You're right. It is. It's basically a GameStop and AMC or I know or a cryptocurrency. You're absolutely right. Very volatile. Uh, it's up and down. The sh the swings are huge. It closed. I think I forget what it closed at today, but at one point it hit like three oh four. I think it was down to like two fifty at one point. Um, but I, you know, obviously, I'm hoping it pays out. But I made. I, I'm not. I'm not retired. I didn't make enough in January to retire. Obviously, but it's like I made enough to where it's like, if if the bet I've been I made this time doesn't pan out the way I did in January, I was like, I'll be a little upset. But I was like, it's worth the risk to me if if there's potential. I mean, I was literally walking home today just thinking, like, what would I do if this just happened? Because it's going to take a couple weeks. Who knows when? But I was like, it'll take a couple weeks. But what happens if, like, the stock really does hit, like, 20K a, a share? Yeah. I mean. What does happen? What does happen? Like. Let's if, say you make two. Let's say you make $2 million. Okay. Because yeah. I have a number. In my mind, my number is, like, five. We, your number is five million. My number's five. You don't need as much as me. I got a family. I mean, I need five. You yeah, need that's true. You got a baby and a wife. I'm a solo man. I don't need shit. I've been doing really well living off 20K a year for a long time. What are you going to do if, it, if there's 2 million? If you Like I knew a comic who worked at a company and his, his options, like they went public and his options showed me his phone at a show and he goes, I have a million dollars. You just no showed shit. That's incredible. What's your next move? I mean, do you change anything about your life or what's your move? Oh, I mean, I'm for sure. Um, I'm giving, I'm giving my mom money. I'm giving my sister money. I'm, I'm moving to a new apartment. I'm not having roommates. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's probably all that would change if I'm being honest. Uh, I mean, I would for sure. Like, I think I told my girlfriend, I would, we would go on a trip. I was like, if the GameStop stuff pans out, I was like, we're for sure going on a trip. Um, but, that, but then my next thought was, like I said, I was walking home today thinking about like, if I had $2 million in my account, if I was, if I trans, cause I remember the feeling I had when I took that 20, whatever it was, what took 21, 22 K. I remember the feeling I had when I saw that go into my bank account and it was like, um, I've never felt that in my life. Like right, right. it was unreal. So I can't imagine having that. I mean, it would be crazy. Yeah. And I think that what you've stumbled on is the secret of action. Here's the secret of money. Okay. The secret of money is when you're actually not materialistic, you have a much better chance of, of winning and investing. Right. Because think about the guys who lost on these big trades. They're going so greedy. They're going private jet. They own, they own stuff that they, that they owe a huge mortgage on. Right. Cars, multiple here. cars. Yeah. And like you're, you're living a personal finance lifestyle where you just need 20 G's. Your, your nut is 20 G's a year. So it gives you freedom with all that extra money to invest to play with it. And honestly, like people are like, you're being irresponsible if you're just betting on this stuff, but it's like, 
No, you're not because you don't go out and run up your credit card and have consumer debt and have all this shit you have to pay back. And I think that's the other secret is like the people that are making the most money on this shit don't really care about money in the traditional way. You know what I'm right, saying? It's like, like a game. It's like a game. And it's like, what's the end of the game is that I don't have to work at this job. I don't like anymore. It's not right. like, and then I buy diamonds, which are worthless, you know? Right. <laughs> No, you're right. I mean, I feel like because at the end of the day, and I think it gives me peace of mind where it's like, like I look at my portfolio and I have a bunch of money in Doge and my Doge, I've, I'm not exaggerating. I've lost 20, 20K. My Doge, since Doge has dropped, I'm down 20K over the month. And yeah. it's like, I, it makes me feel nothing. Like I feel nothing. Like obviously I would like to have that money, but it's like, but I'm right. not worried about it. If it goes to zero, it's like my life is not going to change. Yeah, you know? well, I read an article that was like, it's actually better to make a couple big bets a year that you're really sure of. And I don't know, I don't, I don't invest that way. I don't, I don't, but I'm like, if you think about it, if you were like, yo, 10 years ago, Google, that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you had a real, like what I want to talk about is broad themes. Mm -hmm. Like I went to buy my new iPhone. Okay. I bought an iPhone 12. Nice. Welcome. I, I have I, one I, also. Thank you. It's, it's amazing. It's, I, the camera's incredible. I'm more addicted to my phone than ever. It's like annoying the shit out of Alyssa. It's like, she's like, get off the phone. But I go to check out and the guy goes, all right, you got any questions? I'm like, at some point you need to say the price out loud during a, uh, during a purchase. That's how this works. Yeah. But iPhone is such a monopoly on our, like on our money, on our spirit. Uh -huh. that they don't even tell us the price because they know they got us. They, right. this, is, this is cigarettes. Okay. This is an addictive product that we buy year after year for no reason other than we're addicted to it. Right. That's why I own Apple stock. It is, this is Phil, this is Philip Morris. Only the studies about how it's ruining our, our bodies has not come out yet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> In 40 years, we're going to look at pictures where everybody's like this or like typing. Yeah. I guarantee our grandkids are gonna be like, God damn, everybody, even doctors held a phone to their head. Right. <laughs> in their head now. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, definitely. I think you're absolutely right. And the way Apple keeps generating products where they have these like new geo tags, people are buying those. They're constantly coming out with new versions of phones they are coming out with new versions of the, uh, the AirPods. And I feel like they've done such a good job. I feel like it kind of fits with what you said as far as it being kind of a drug, but it's like, there's such a an image thing associated with Apple products and you know you see people that have old AirPods and for me obviously I don't care but you know there are people that have the newest AirPods and they're mm -hmm. like I have the new AirPods look how tiny they are you got yeah. the longer ones you're a poor piece of shit like yeah exactly they're like look a, it's, it's lodged right. in my ear canal it hurts it's yeah. a new one it's better it's all awesome. right exactly Ow, look like, how small it is <laughs> and like even the size of the phones goes up and down one year it's too small next year bigger now that's too big small yeah and, and because they're on the carousel and it's like round and round we go but it's like we know that in 10 years we're going to still be on our phones okay we don't know what banks are going to be in 10 years there is no reason to have a brick and mortar bank anymore you don't need to go in to get a mortgage you don't need to go in to get cash why? Why does that exist where people sit behind a desk? So, it's, so for me, it's like I invest on broad trends like that. Like I own PayPal. I own Square. I sold it at the wrong time. It was one of my misses. Uh. <laughs> you know, like, but like you, you got to think about what are the things that we know as millennials who got shit on for 10 years. We were the most annoying generation. We were right about work from home. We were right that you can do everything on your phone. You don't need to fax it. You moron, old boomers. Right. Like, I worked in an office. They're like, just fax it. I'm like, why don't I? Why don't I get a typewriter? Like, you sound like an idiot. You yeah. Know do you want to type to a pigeon's leg and send it to you? Yeah. And think about in 2007, um, how primitive the internet was, and how many people were like, well, anything that can be done online is already kind of, this is it. Like, we're. I think we're still in the infancy of internet of technology, like that's where all the money needs to go, right? Definitely. All of it. Yeah. Because, because in a way we're less materialistic than our parents. All we want to do is have our phone, a nice pair of jeans, maybe a pair of Jordans is our like one, you know, expenditure. Yeah. And then the rest of it is experiential, right? Yes. We want to do cool shit and take a picture of it. Definitely. I agree with you completely. Um, I do. I think it is interesting. The people like you mentioned this a little bit just now, but like the, the fact that people back 
when the internet was like, like even in 2007, where people were like, I don't know if this is going to catch on. You're like, this is going to go on without you. It's like people that were like computers that were like, I'm not going to get a computer. It's like, you better learn this because it's not going to go away. It's going to get harder. You're about to get left behind. Yeah. It's like Patrice has that joke where he's like, uh, he's like, people learn how to, how to type. And I was making fun of him. (laughs) You know, it's like, it's like the most important skill you could ever have. Yeah. Um, I think my other my other broad trends here i mean i think like we're, we're in a way it's like everybody's becoming a minimalist except for technology right uh-huh the, the prototypical gen z person is like i don't like big corporations i eat local i just want to be in good shape like take care of your body here's my post on instagram which is owned by facebook big tech you know what i'm saying yeah. like, yeah, there's a little carve out that it's okay to be part of a corporation if it's like <laughs> if it's one of these like five types of companies you know what i mean well you know it's funny too you bring up apple and facebook uh i think i feel like i saw something that said apple's working on a social media website that's supposed to be i don't want i'm not gonna say it's the new facebook but they're kind of trying to rival facebook with uh, a new social media thing so i think apple is like they're getting into virtual reality. They're going to get into like the social stuff. If they combine those things together, I mean, who knows what it'll be. It's that's the other thing that's wild is if you look at what social media was, you go from MySpace to Facebook to now nobody really uses. I mean, people obviously use Facebook, but it's like none of nobody people. our age uses Facebook. <laughs> I use it for the basketball comedian chat, but that's it. There's an NBA group I'm in, <laughs> but I hear you. But it's like the only reason I own Facebook for me is that they own Instagram. Yeah. And Instagram is a perfect app. It's perfect. It's uh-huh. addictive. It's growing. More and more people are getting on it. Uh-huh. And I have a and I have a big position in Pinterest. Because oh, I yeah. think, we've, we've talked uh, about Pinterest on the podcast. P- Pinterest was a podcast or it was a stock that we talked about forever ago. Uh, and they've only grown, grown. I mean, literally probably two or three years ago, we talked about Pinterest. They've grown huge. They have one of the biggest user. I mean, you already know this cause you're an investor, but they have a huge user base. Their users are active constantly. Uh, Pinterest is such a good company to, uh, to invest in. And, and think about, you know, I heard their CEO talk about this. It's like, what's the ideal, like targeted advertisement. Is it, I just Googled shoes. Uh-huh. I bought shoes and then I get shoes thrown at me from Google, right? right? That's not it. It's I'm making a page that says I'm a sneakerhead and I'm pinning pictures of shoes. I'm literally like, I'm like ready to buy. I'm like primed and ready. So the, the, we've actually got the consumer on Pinterest to like self-identify what they're ready to buy. And the conversion rate on Pinterest is like crazy high for people who get a targeted ad. Mm-hmm. So that's in the embassy too, where you go, Literally, we're suckers. We're over here being like, hey, corporations, sell me shit. I'm ready. I have my credit card out. And that's why I think it's an incredible social media company. Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think you're absolutely right, especially with the the culture we live in where everyone everybody ha- wants to be their own brand and everything is a statement about who you are and the hats you wear and the clothes you wear and the, everyone posts the shoes. I mean, I'm guilty of it. I do the same stuff, you know? And um, so people it's like a micro influencer sort of thing where it's like, you know, you'd has, you had celebrities doing things and people are saying, I want to be like the celebrities, but also now it's kind of like where it's like, Oh, well your friend Chuck is doing this. And it's like, well, who the fuck is Chuck? You can do that. Like if Chuck can do this, you can yeah. do this. Yeah. And, and not only that, it's like, sometimes I'm wonder if I even like, let's say I was born in 1970 do I become a stand-up comic or is it like I've almost been brainwashed to think that I should be famous because like that's our generation. Like everybody's like posting, they got a little side thing. They got pictures of their food. Yeah. Like, again, I think if we step back and look at the graph, we are at the infancy of that. It's like, it's like New York comics are just figuring out that they should move to LA and become YouTubers. Yes, like, absolutely. <laughs> or podcasts, like podcasts. Everyone's got a podcast. Everyone's got a YouTube channel. People are posting about food. Even, I mean, I'm posting. I only got a TikTok. I don't watch TikTok. I don't, I'm not following anyone on TikTok. But I only got on TikTok because I rock climb. So I post my videos on TikTok. I'm trying to find a rock climbing niche on TikTok. It's like there's yeah. that stuff is at every level. I mean, there are, you know, there's a videos uh, on Instagram of like hydraulic presses crushing shit that get millions of views a day 
Um, so I think, and I think, like you said, everyone's trying to be famous. Everybody, everybody thinks yeah. they're, it's part of the yeah. generational thing where people are like, you know, older generations shit on us for this, where they're like, everybody wants, they think they're special. And it's like, that's kind of true. Everyone thinks that they're, they deserve to be famous. Yeah. Yeah. Well, A, it's like, all right, Boomer is like, maybe everyone is special. Maybe, no, maybe, you know, not to be, you know, but like, yeah. like, that's okay. Maybe you need to feel special, Boomer. But the other thing is, uh, wait, you reminded me of something before with the rock climbing. I don't know. But uh, in terms of stocks, it's like, where do you identify those, those trends? Where do you identify like the macro trends? And then, and then out of that sector, you select and you just take a guess and you go, all right, I've noticed more people are vegan. I noticed more people are vegetarian. Yeah. Beyond meat. I tasted it. It tastes a cut above any burger I've ever had. That's vegetarian. Let me just take a swing and throw, you know what I mean? And that's how you start to build out a portfolio. But what's crazy is how many people just go, I'm not going to even think about this stuff. Every rich person I know owns a shitload of stocks, but I'm, I'm not, why bother? Why read? You know, it's like, it's right there, guys. You're allowed to like figure this shit out. And like, you don't have to get rich, like the way you're about to get rich, like overnight with like options and all that shit. You can just like gradually invest. And in 10 years, you'll have like hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yes, absolutely. Or maybe Um, you lose it, but guess what? You were going to spend that money on beer anyway. Who gives a fuck? Right. And you're, but you're absolutely right. It, it is as easy as, and that's one of the reasons I like this podcast. And that's one of the reasons I hope more people find this podcast. Cause I think it shows I'm a perfect example of it's like, I didn't go to college. I started this podcast, not knowing anything about finance. Um, but I have more money now than I've ever had in my life. And it's like, all I did was just kind of like teach myself to look at, look for trends, listen to people around you. Like you said about beyond meat. And it's like, listen, like look at oat milk and stuff. Like, Nobody's yeah. drinking like if you drink milk from a cow now, people think you're an absolute savage. Yeah, you're a bitch. Number one, like it, it's great. Like people look at you like a maniac um, if you're drinking real milk. But that is also we do live in New York. You know, that's an LA thing. It's like if I was in Idaho for a comedy festival, and it's like, you know, I'm from Indiana, so I can't shit talk anybody. But it's like they're behind. It's like the yeah, thing that we're in they on. Suck the udders in Idaho. They're just right down there underneath. They have yeah, a exactly straight the from the tap. Yeah, and they're just squeezing it right out of the cow. It's, it's it's crazy. But it's like, so it's like, we like you said, we're in the infancy of this whole thing, I think, a little bit to a degree. You know, it's like th- this stuff hasn't even rippled outwards um, to most of the country. Yeah. Even think about the size of houses, right? Growing up, it was like, have a big house. And like our generation is starting to go, why? Like, what are you going to do with a big house? It costs more money. Right. You know, there's a lot more like it's almost like it's like minimalist but it's only so that i can like use this money somewhere else so then where's that money gonna go it goes into the kind of like millennial pleasure purchases which is why we can have a 1200 phone and yet you live with roommates but it's like you're on your phone more than you're like probably in your apartment yeah so it's like it's like that's the kind of trends you got to identify and go your dad who said buy you know GE and Kodak and, uh, you know, great American companies was wrong and it is wrong. Right. Um, yeah, I think it's, I mean, and that's the thing too. It's like my, the apartment I have is not great. Like it's fine, you know, but for what it is, it's perfect. It's what I need. I need, I need a place to sleep. I need a place to keep my things. There are worse places in New York to live. I am gone. I'm a, I have, you know, my phone, I have my nice clothes. I have the things I want. And I can go out in the city and do what I want to do for the most part. I don't have to worry about necessarily about like where I'm going to eat as much. And, and you know, there's other, it's, it's all about um, like where you're willing to uh, what's the word, like you're where you're willing to kind of make sacrifices. You know, you, you, you make a sacrifice here so you can be up higher on the other side sort of thing. So. Yeah. And, and the more think about like, you know, in the nineties, it was like, well, it's the information age, man, <laughs> surf the internet, it's information age. But what does that actually mean? Like if we step back, the more people are on their phones and the more information is out there, we know that there's like five things that predict human happiness, okay? It's like having purpose, getting in flow, like being in shape, sex, and like watching basketball. I don't know what it is, but (laughs) (laughs) one of them definitely is getting in flow. But I think that the more that the word is out that like buying bullshit doesn't make you happy, the, the, the more that we realize like, oh, entertainment's valuable, food is valuable, wellness bullshit is valuable, 
right? You look at Jessica Alba's company. Right. But the kind of like conspicuous consumer crap that our parents wasted a bunch of money on, I think is like going to go extinct. Yes. I, I think you're absolutely right about that. Um, I think, uh, and, and the whole thing, I remember seeing articles about this years ago about how like millennials are uh, having more experiences. They're paying for more experiences, which is true. I would rather, you know, be able to save some money and, and go on a cool vacation or go do something fun or, you know, I've been taking, and, and for me, it, it's more comedy stuff now. Like, but I look at, if I was not a person doing comedy, what would I be doing? I would take my extra money. I would go on trips and I'm using the money I made on GameStop and other <coughs> things to fund, you know, shows in Denver. I can afford to go to Chicago and do shows because comedy doesn't pay. So, and that's the thing about like, you know, people really? talk about <laughs> what's that? I said, really? <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah. Comedy doesn't pay for shit. I don't know. If, uh, newsflash, it doesn't pay. But um, I remember, you know, there's like kids that were, people talk about kids that were born rich doing comedy. It's like, well, if you weren't born rich doing comedy, it's like, it is a huge advantage being, you know, having money and doing comedy is a huge advantage. <laughs> yeah. Well, sometimes I'm like, I look at some of my friends who are like, you know, colorectal surgeon at the head of, uh, you know, the Cleveland Clinic or they're a lawyer or they're like, you know, the hedge fund manager. And I'm like, man, that's like, if I give up, I'll do that. You know, like that's how hard comedy is to like make right. it, you know, you're like, that's a backup plan right there. Like, so I, I think like when you talk about like trends and, and millennial trends, it is going to be like, it's going to seem like selfish or even like hedonistic, right? It's like travel. I mean, I'm an, I own Airbnb by the way. And, uh, it's not doing great, but I'm going to stay in it. And I'm going to, I'm going to stay in Airbnb for 10 years. Right. Cause I still, I still think like, that's, that's where we're going. Like we, you know, we're going to, we're going to travel a shitload and especially coming out of COVID, there's going to be like a crazy boom in travel. Definitely. It fits exactly with what you're saying. It's like the people want the experience. They want to be able to do stuff. I was just thinking the other day where I was like, I think it'd be fun to plan a weekend where we just go find an Airbnb with a pool and just get a group of people and hang in a pool and an Airbnb and don't do anything. Maybe play poker, just chill. It's like, that's the kind of shit that sounds really fun. It sounds perfect. You get the comfort of being at a, it's just one place. You're not running around. It's just perfect. That's not going to go away. <laughs> yeah. And the, um, staying you know, in a the, mansion is fucking awesome. Yeah. And the, and the accountability of like Airbnb and Uber, it's like, it was like compare compare Uber, which by the way isn't like a great company for a number of reasons. But if you just think about last time you took a taxi versus last time you took an Uber, in a taxi there's just the guy there, there's no accountability at all. Yeah. Uber, you get a rating, they get a rating. So like, again, experience. It's like if I'm going to be sitting in a car, is it going to be with like the smelliest person of all time? Who you know, who I don't he can freaking beat the shit out of me. I don't know who he is. Right. Versus Uber, like you're going to get reported, you're going to get in trouble. Right. So I don't know what the point of all that was. Sometimes I just talk, Matt. You no, know you're right. You know, I've seen, you know, you know what you don't see anymore. Uh, you know, you talk about porn earlier. You used to see a lot of people having sex in taxi cab. You can't have sex in an Uber now. It ruins your rating. Really? Did you do that? No, but no. I've just seen a lot of videos. There's a lot of videos out there. People having sex in old taxi cabs and stuff. And uh, you don't yeah. see that anymore. I uh, listen. I know the franchise of which you speak. Unfortunately, <laughs> fake, fake taxi cab. <laughs> You're like, those aren't real. Yeah. What? I'm like, but, shit is crazy in, in Europe. Yeah. Well, you know, people from the Czech Republic do not care. They do not give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I like how every porn um, like genre, then they, they flip it. They're like female fake taxi driver. And I'm like, no fucking woman would do this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Like, get out of my cab. You don't have money. I don't care. I'm not gonna fuck you. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, you gotta get on Reddit. There's uh, plenty of that on Reddit. You know, no doubt. Um, well, so what? Um, do you have anything that you're kind of looking at right now? I like I I'm. I have not really got anything uh, that I'm looking at other than I mean I think AMD. I was in AMD. This is the thing that I'm a little. And maybe you can tell me what you think about this because I'm a little upset about myself. I shouldn't be because I came out on top, but I I sold so much of my stuff literally almost everything I had to dump into GameStop. And at the end of the day, it did pay off. But there's part of me that was like, I held on to Tesla for so long. I held on to AMD for so long to where I'm like, when is my, when's my entry point? When's my entry point in Tesla? When's my entry point on AMD again? Because I was with AMD for a long time. Well, I looked at Tesla pretty hard a couple weeks ago. And 
you know, what, what, what troubled me about Tesla is that something about their revenue, like they made more money from the government incentivizing them to make electric cars than they did by selling electric cars. Right. So, you know, I think it's ARC or one of these big hedge funds is like, if that a report, they're like, Tesla stock is going to go to 7,000 a share. Okay. And I was thinking, I was like, all right, what's more likely in my mind that Tesla stock goes to 7,000 a share or that it's all a bunch of bullshit and it goes to 70 a share. And I took that 3000 bucks and I put it in Amazon because uh. I just, you know, it, it's, it's, it's Steve jobs theory is Elon Musk, Steve jobs and whatever he touches, we just invest in. Right. Or they're just, there's too many whispers about the cars being made wrong about the orders not being fulfilled. You know, there's other companies that are now doing this and they're better car companies. And a lot of the people who own Tesla's own Tesla stock. Right. So they are legitimately like wanting it to happen. So they're Breaking buying the it, hardcore. they believe it. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I might be dead wrong, but I'm, I'm out on Tesla. Interesting. I'm, I'm out. Well, see, that's the thing too, is like, if I, again, we go back to that, that, that scenario where I, that I think about every night before I go to bed, when I wake up with, you know, $2 million from my GameStop play, um, I would, I would float, I would float so much money into different stocks. I would love to be able to put 10 grand, 10 K into something, 5 K into something, you know, float around here and there. But then also part of me is like, if I had that much money, would I be as active as I am? Or would I give myself maybe, you know, a hundred thousand to play with. And then the rest of it, I would hopefully put in to a hedge fund and have someone else do it for me. I don't know. Yeah, it's a good question. And I don't like, I guess my, my generational view is like, we know, we know that long-term America will not let the stock market fail. Right. We've seen the most wild speculation, gambling, the worst thing you could ever do. And yet, if you just stayed in in 2009 and you just stayed in in 2020, you're up, right? You're, you're way up. Right. The question is, do you have the balls when 2020 happens and the whole market is plunging to buy the, to buy the giant crisis, right? And I'm, I'm kicking myself that I didn't buy the crisis, right? I was like, I was, you know, shell-shocked from the last time it happened, like people lost everything that I was like, I didn't sell a bunch, but I didn't buy either. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you gotta have some balls when it goes down, you know, 10%, 20% and go, no, 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 no. Like, like Netflix, I think like seven years ago went down like 23%. And then everybody's like, oh, this is it. It's kind of like Pete, it was out like 70 bucks or something. It's like, right. it's like, you gotta, if you believe in the, in the, the underlying theme and the company is the best in that little carve out in that little sector. You got to like, go for it. Right. And okay, cool. I, yeah, I, 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 I remember. Yeah. Do you have, is there one stock that you think that you would have, you wish you had bought during 2020 during that, the dip, the big dip? Yeah. I mean, like literally there were articles written that were like, here's the stay at home trades <laughs> by zoom. Buy more Amazon. I mean, you realize that Amazon and Google were around like twelve hundred at the beginning of uh, at the beginning of that. I now, I did not realize that. Now they're at thirty two hundred, and let's take a look at Google, thirty two hundred and nearly twenty five hundred. Oh fuck! So you go, you go. Oh, it's too high. <laughs> uh, <No>. Yeah. <laughs> there is there is no too high. There's just, am I making a great bet on what this company does, which I can't compare that to your trades because you're trading crypto. Like, it's just like, it's just wild speculation. Right. Well, and that's the thing too, where, um, where people are like, it hasn't started yet, but I'm prepared. And we kind of talked about this on a couple episodes back where it's like people, when you help them there, you get no credit, but when you're wrong, they want your head. I got so many messages back in January from people that were like, the stock is at like 300 at GameStop. And they're like, should I buy? And I'm like, bro, I don't know. But right now I'm like, if I believe that it will hit a million dollars a share or whatever, yeah. then if I'm buying now when it's at like 300, it's like, that's still a huge sale. Like, But if it goes, forget a million dollars a share. Let's say it goes to 10,000 a share. What is your exit strategy to not get burned 
to protect yourself a little bit, like how much do you need to pull out and just not touch? Well, what do you mean? Like pull it out and then let the rest ride up? Yes. Oh, I mean, I'm pre- I'm fully prepared to not pull anything out until it starts to like. Because you've already pulled out. I've already, yeah, I already won in January. Like January, that was me in January. And I've, I got lucky because like I, I, the day that that happened, I, I sold and I was like, I'm an idiot. I, I, I screwed myself. I missed out on all this money. And looking back on it, I was like, I got very lucky. I kind of sold close to the peak. Uh, shortly after I sold, it dipped and it dipped heavy. Um, so it's like, I consider that a win. I'm not going to sell GameStop. It hits 10K. I'm not selling. I'm not selling until it steadily starts to drop. I'm selling on the way down. I'm not selling on the way up. That is, that's exactly, I told myself that. I believe that. I believe the people online posting. I need, I know there's people, obviously they're lying. There's people out there spreading false information, but I do believe that for the most people that are in on this, I think that there's like a community and people are really, you know, grouped around this where it's like, people are not going to sell until it starts to go down. They're going to pump it as high as they can pump it. And then when it starts to fall, that's when you're going to see sell-offs. Whoa. Did you know that NVIDIA split yesterday? I did not know that. Wow. I'm an owner. That's great. Good for you. That is great news right there. Yeah. Wow. I I remember when Tesla split, I was like, oh, this is unreal. Like incredible. When Apple split two years ago and went down to like 50 bucks, I'm like, Am I a dumbass for not buying more? And of course I was. And now it's, you know, 125. Yeah. So this is this is blind, no savage advice, but when your stock splits, you buy more. What do you think about that? Sounds yeah. right. I mean, that doesn't that doesn't sound logically, that sounds right, you know, like because it's like, all right, well, usually they split because they're doing well. So it's like they're not splitting because they're not succeeding. So that seems like solid logic to me. Yeah. No what, doubt. So wait, what is uh, NVIDIA right now? It's at six hundred dollars a share. Damn. That's so no, no, high. No, 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 it's not. It's at six ninety four a share. That's so high. Your boy bought six shares at six hundred dollars, and now that's going to be twenty four shares. Oh, that's incredible. That like whatever, one hundred and what's six hundred divided by four? You do the math. You know. uh, no, I I do not do the math. That's why I didn't go to college. So I wouldn't have to do math. <laughs> um, yeah, that's incredible. See, that's the my thing was like, oh, AMD is the next Nvidia. And I wrote it up from, you know, 15. I had a bunch of shares when it was like 15, 16, 20. Uh, and then I guess I sold it, but, uh, you know. I bought it. I bought it with, with NVIDIA at 78 bucks. It's at 79.96. So sometimes I do that too. Okay, here's another Noah Savage thought from, the, from, from Main Street. This is a Main Street thought, okay? If you think Coke stock is good, just buy Coke and Pepsi. Because guess what? If you bought Coke and Pepsi in 1960, you'd be fine. Coke probably did better. But what if you guessed wrong? What if you what if you buy AMD and not Nvidia or the other way around? Right. You know like you got to hedge a little bit and go. I'm pretty sure that Nvidia is a better company, but AMD might be doing big things. Let's throw a little money in there too. Right. Yeah. You got to. I mean, it's it's number one, number two. It's like just because number one is super successful doesn't mean number two is going to fail completely. Like when the guy started Burger King. They were probably like, you mean like McDonald's? And he was like, yeah. And he's <laughs> he's <Yeah>. loaded now. <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, I mean, kind of. Well, look at all the pizza plate. Papa John's, Domino's, Pizza Hut. They're all, yeah. they're all, there's room for everybody. He's like, no, no, no. We're talking about a Burger King situation here. That's nothing to do with Golden Arches. Yeah, but it's flame. Like, and stuff, right? He's like, yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, flame broil. You ever, does that mean anything to you? Yeah. <laughs> he's um, like, flame well, cool. that burger. <laughs> I don't. I, I, would you go McDonald's over Burger King? Oh, 100. Yeah, I'm, I'm like brainwashed by Michael Jordan in the 90s. I'm like Coke, Nike, Gatorade, McDonald's. <laughs> Dude, absolutely. I'm the same way. I got. I'm sitting right next to a Gatorade. Right. I, I. That's yeah. That's super funny. I didn't really put that together, but you're right. I'm the same way. I'm like, there's something better about these companies than it's like literally just like what he, you know, endorsed back then. You're right. I just think back to the commercials where I'm like, those make me feel nice. Yeah, yeah. They they make me feel something about it i don't know <laughs> yeah cool well this fu- this flew by this is really fun wait don't you have to do your read uh i'll, pl- I'll plug it in at the beginning of the episode oh you do it later see when i do when i do radio games i gotta do live reads dude like they hand me a piece of paper and they're like robert wood johnson's monster this halftime report it's brought to you by robert wood johnson no <laughs> hey they robert did not johnson. do not plug them they did not promote they did not pay me that. That's a hospital. So I guess like, don't go to that hospital. If you're injured, go to another hospital. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. Well, yeah, no, this was great. This flew by um, since, I mean, since Joel's kind of stepping away a little bit, if you ever want to come back on, please feel free. I think it would be fun to have you, me and Ari on. I'm going to have Ari on again. So. Oh, hundred percent. I, I, you know, you know how I feel about Ari. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. So do you have anything you'd like to plug? You want to promote your baby? Yeah. I'd like to promote <laughs> my baby. He's uh, seven weeks old. So check him out. And uh, no, I have a podcast called the world according to Noah Savage. You've been a guest. It's fantastic. It's growing. Um, Alyssa Wolf, my beautiful wife comedian, is kind of my perma co-host at times. But uh, right. you know, she's not a huge fan of doing it. So we'll see if. Uh... <laughs> no, she just turned around. She she loves doing it. But it's well, I haven't done it since uh, since COVID. We did it, and then. Uh... Yeah, I almost infected you, and then I was like, "Oh, my bad, guys, I have COVID." Uh, yeah, that was like a two. Yeah, we're like in your living room doing a podcast, and then two days later, you're like, "I have COVID." I'm like, "Well, okay, cool." But yeah, check it out. The world according to Noah Savage, and check out my Instagram, Yo, it's the Sav, and I got, you know, I got some other things in the works maybe this summer with the golf stuff. But uh, then check that out on the Instagram, Yo, it's the oh, Sav. I love golf. I want to go golf. Uh, I Let's think I'm gonna go to golf tomorrow. I'm gonna go to the pitch and putt in Queens, maybe. Ooh, it's a great spot. I took I took Alyssa there like in October. It's fantastic. It's I would, very fun. I've been playing Rory McIlroy 2021 or whatever on my Xbox all uh, all afternoon. So oh, golf golf video games are sensational and highly underrated. <laughs> yes, I agree completely. People are like golf sucks, and you're like golf does not suck. And video game golf is very fun. It's very competitive. It's very fun. Look at us. We're we're trading stocks. We're playing golf. We're becoming those preppy people that uh, you know we hated in high school. Exactly. We're millennial investors that we're playing virtual golf and uh, we're smoking CBD instead of uh, cigars. Exactly. Awesome, man. Well, thanks for doing the show. I appreciate you. Hopefully, uh, I'll see you uh, sometime soon. Uh, come hang out with me at Stamp New York, and uh, I'll introduce you to John. I, I know I've, you maybe met him before, but yeah, man, let's do it. All right, I'll talk to you later, man. Thank you. Later.